Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code zero twenty five and get twenty five percent off your order and free shipping. Henny, who do we have on the pod- podcast today? Uh, we've got a special guest <laughs> all the way from uh, Zero Mackay. We've got a uh, Khan Stevenson. Thanks for coming on. Let's go. I believe it's Khan Stephenson. It's um definitely definitely not Tom. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> Hot in here. Um, <laughs> he's coming through to make a statement, I think. Yep. Look at his fists. Why are you clinching, brother? <laughs> Relax. Must be, must be hot in here. That's why he's breathing so loud. <laughs> Big lungs. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just uh, happy to be here with the boys and uh, Danny for IPO Worlds. Nice. Um, it's going to be a great few, uh, four days. Uh, favorite part is today, obviously, um, packing the truck up and carrying up the Novotel stairs. So. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty pumped. It's weird though. People go missing, hey, honey? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> could call them backpacks. Yeah. Not me. Not me and Khan. Oh. Getting the work done. Whenever you need, brother. Now, nah, what's been happening, everybody? CJ, stop laughing, brother. We've got a podcast to record. Oh, man. CJ, what have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Actually, just prepping four worlds. Um, all the equipment has come in for the live stream, so I've just been doing that. <laughs> prepping. Just, just to clarify, he doesn't mean lifting. No, no, I'm not competing in worlds. I didn't, yeah, I'm a novice lifter. I was so going to say, this is a world powerlifting, not world novice powerlifting. <laughs> novice powerlifting. Hopefully, I'll qualify for that comp. Um, uh, but yeah, more on the tech side of things. And um, I guess training-wise, yeah, just normal training, doing a strength block. Mm. So really enjoying it. Odd places to be training as well, CJ. I don't know if you follow uh, CJ on Instagram. It doesn't look like he's been training at zero. Well, I used to follow him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah me too. Now I've <laughs> unfriended and blocked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, talk to us. Where have you been training? UFC? Yes. Doing some fighting stuff? Yeah, yeah. Doing a bit of boxing. Nice. Um, yeah, just really enjoying it. Um, yeah. Can I um, just say something on the podcast as well? So CJ... I saw you repping out 100 kilos on the bench press now. Congrats. About a year and a half ago, (laughs) I had a bit with CJ, Jamie Timms, who's the coach and uh, manager at Zero Brisbane, and Bridget Murphy. Bridget had to squat 100, and CJ and Jamie had to try bench 100. This was about a year and a half ago. Mm. Bridget's now squatting upwards of 120. CJ's doing sets of eight at 100. (laughs) Jamie Timms, what have you been doing, brother? What's, oh, that's weird. I hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, where are you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's not usually so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy climbing rocks and playing soccer, I reckon. Man, jumping yes. from rock to rock and getting full off of two sips of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to find a shirt from training. <laughs> <laughs> Just it disappears. It's like pumping iron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirt yeah, got stolen. How good. <laughs> what have you been up to, Thomas? Uh, I've just come back from America, so I'm not going to say much about that because we'll have to get Daniel on for the uh, the tour review. The boys on tour. The boys, boys on tour. Um, just just got back from the States and now we're jumping straight into this uh, competition, which I am extremely excited about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't reckon you've stopped for about five months now. It's going to be a way cruisier setup and comp in general than, than nationals, especially now that we know what we're doing. Um, so I reckon it's going to be a real cool weekend. So yeah. Mm. What about you, Khan? What have you been up to? Um, been sweating in Mackay. Now now though our aircons are fixed, so it's been awesome. Um, apart from that, man, pretty uh, stock standard. Just some uh, training, some coaching, a little bit of travelling here and there for competitions, but uh, otherwise pretty easy. Up yeah. on the Mac. Nice, 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 nice. On the Mac. Can you stop tapping your feet? <laughs> that was a sigh, by the way. Wasn't me, wasn't me <laughs> big lungs, brother. Big lungs. Oh man. Uh, what have I been up to? I've been. Just same old. I think I say the same thing every single week. Lifting, running, work. Not much else. Nice. It's good. Five weeks out from my race. Nice. Saving us by sourcing some socks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, James saved the day there. Khan saved the day yesterday, picking up mats and driving all over Brisbane, saving saving our lives for the comp tomorrow. CJ exists. <laughs> I went to Tweed to pick up cables. You have to go to Tweed. Yeah. I found a bargain though. So that's why I went there. Was it a J-Car or? Nah, it was at like a cable distributor. I thought it was really cheap. cheap. Yeah, really oh, cheap. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, nice. 
I'll give you fuel levy. Just take it out of Zero Mackay's account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gratitudes. Khan, mm. this is a section we do, as yeah. you know, because you listen to the podcast religiously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you grateful for this week, brother? Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that powerlifting has uh, enabled me to travel around, meet so many different people. I get to come down here and hang out with the boys in uh, Bridge. Um, often and um, I'm just grateful to be able to uh, share that lifestyle um, with my lifters. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And more than just powerlifting as well, like your um, figure, physique, bodybuilding, whatever you categorize that as, is, has taken you and Becca all over the country for the last month or two. Yeah, that's been crazy, man. Um, you know, it's, it wasn't until we've traveled overseas previously for Becca's competitions, but mm. this was the first year um, having a competitor go overseas and being able to travel with her as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool, um, I guess, as far as like what coaching and where it takes you, you know, and places and um, experiences and things that you didn't, wouldn't probably have unless you were doing what we're doing. Yes. Yeah, um, and being able to work with people and stuff and um, being able to share those experiences with people, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Hamez. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm grateful for, you know, we got a big weekend to work, but I'm grateful that that's what I get to call work. Could you imagine fucking digging holes for 12 hours? Sorry, no offense. Some people actually do that for a job. But well, you used to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I used to yeah, have to like, you know, been there. I've, I've done a proper 12 day, 12 hour day of work. So I'm grateful that I get to, you know, at times it can be stressful, but I get to hang out with my friends and like Khan said, you get to, I don't get to see Khan all the time, so I get to hang out with Khan and a whole bunch of people that we only uh, know as internet friends for the next few days, which is going to be cool. For sure. Mm, really grateful. CJ? I'm grateful for programming. Mm. I think. You don't follow it. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm grateful someone mean? takes the time and effort to put into it. <laughs> yes. For me yeah, to use yes. it as a guideline. As a, <laughs> as a, as a mere suggestion. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm very grateful for it because without it, man, I wouldn't, I'd still be like winging it at a gym. And I, you know, when I talk to my mates and hear what the workout regime is, I'm like, yeah, man, I, I would have been a lot worse. <laughs> Not only dig it only my mates that train, but yeah, like just having no structure and no goals going anywhere or anyone to help give me clarity and walk me through that, um, I think is a huge part, pretty much most of the part of um, why I've made pr- progress. Yeah, shout out Bridget. You've mm. gotten so strong. Mm. Bridge yeah. dog. Mm. You'll almost be stronger than me soon, I reckon. Almost. Bro, you'll never be able to run as far. No, you meant to fight back, brother. You meant <laughs> to say you're already stronger than me. Nah. Turning the bag, brother. Hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him. Once you bring dots into the equation, it's a bit of a... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A bit yes. of a difference. Yeah. Can't, let's not talk about hitting the bag on the podcast, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Calluses on his elbows. <laughs> Amazing. Tom, bro. Uh, I am grateful for the lifter. I'm grateful for, for power lifters. You know, without, without the lifter... Uh, putting their faith and their trust into us. We don't have zero. We don't have APL. We don't have worlds. It's really cool that people are willing to travel across the world, across the country to come support the comp that we're putting on this week. Um, uh, in general, the lifters are really cool. Like they, they make our job really good. Mm. Um, because, you know, think if the kind of people that we were dealing with were all assholes. <laughs> we, we wouldn't love the jobs that we have. And sure, I mean, there's some bad eggs, but... Uh, the, they're few and far between. The majority of the people are, are great. And without all the lifters supporting this podcast, this gym, this uh, federation, we wouldn't do what we do. So thank you, lifter. How good. Nice. Good gratitudes. All right. Khan, this is all about you. We've actually done a, a podcast with Khan ages ago, back when it was the old style with, with just me rambling on. Um, most people listening to this probably didn't hear that. So we're going to reintroduce you. Cool. Um, you want to tell, tell the people who you are, a little bit about yourself, how you got into lifting, how it all began and what you do now. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm um, Carter Stevenson, obviously, and then um, I'm a partner in Zero Mackay with uh, Thomas and Dean mm-hmm. Um We've been up there now for – I've been coaching for close to seven years, but uh, as part of Zero for almost – it'll be two years in November, mm-hmm. um, so right now. Uh, which is really cool and um, I've known Thomas throughout the industry and uh, I've known a bit prior to Zero and then um, with uh, Dean, I've known him. He was actually the person who got me into powerlifting. Um, so the way I got into powerlifting was I was playing rugby league, uh, had a few hiccups and stuff and then I had a pretty serious head knock or series of head knocks that led me to having to take some time off. 
Um, and I was just in the gym benching one day and uh, I knew Dean from just being around Snap and everyone knew him as the guy that wore the Inza suit in the commercial part of the gym. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the one that rides right up. <laughs> yeah. They're the best suits as well. <laughs> You'll love that. Uh, there's your shout out. Um, and a commercial yeah. gym too, that's even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, <laughs> uh, I don't and know why I found that so funny. So I just nah, imagine Dean walking got, around if, a commercial gym. If you go on his Insta, uh, on his YouTube, there's still um, videos of him benching, and it. it's the best thing ever. Nice. Um, check it out, Dean. Will go. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I was benching in the gym, and I was just talking to him. He was asking my footy was going, and I just um, explained to him that I can't, can't do it for twelve months, and. Um, He's like, oh, you look at competing and all these sort of things and tell me about this powerlifting thing. And I was like, all right, well, this would be cool. I want to do a comp right now. But there wasn't any Mackay for a while. Um, but there was a PA comp in Townsville four weeks from that time. So I basically um, learned the rules as quick as I could and went up there and did my first comp. Um, I think I scored at 140. I benched 147.5. You can tell what I trained, eh? Um, heaps of legs, heaps of squats. <laughs> Uh, oh. Sleeves and wraps, non wraps part. Um, yeah, the, the wraps is what added yeah. to 200 kilos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Cheating dogs. Um, and then, um, and then deadlifted, I think like 220 or something. And yeah, and then um, basically, yeah, I think that was back in 2016 or 17. And um, from there, fell in love with the sport and um, went from being a participant in the sport to then starting to coach people within the sport and into the sport and then um, now where we are now being part of the uh, Zero team. So what made you um, start coaching in the first place? Like obviously you love the sport, but what were you doing for work before and how did you sort of decide, well, I think this is what I want to turn into a bit of a career? Yeah, I was um, PTing at the time and I was also working um, part-time at a supplement store, Mastrish Mackay. Um, shout out to those guys they sp- have sponsored every single Mackay powerlifting comp that they could and they've um, been big supporters of us in Zero Mackay and sponsored all their medals for Zero Mackay's comps yep. um, so big shout out to those guys still supporting us um, so yeah I was doing that and then um, I just was co- uh, training a few people and because I started getting into powerlifting a few of my clients were asking about it and stuff and um, got more involved with MPL um, at the time and then from there um, it kind of just organically happened hey like it went from me PTing people for body composition and, you know, changing lifestyle and nothing really specific to all of a sudden uh, having a sport or uh, more of a specific clientele um, that I was working with. And um, I was working with uh, shot putters and discus throwers and stuff at the time as well. So um, the natural transition for a lot of those girls and guys that, you know, they come out of school and they're no longer um, competing mm. at, at those sports was to get into sports like powerlifting or strongman or CrossFit and um, from there, yeah, it just organically kind of happened. And before I knew it, I was coaching um, uh, pr- primarily powerlifters and um, junior junior sports, and uh, obviously the bodybuilding stuff too. So yeah, which um, which is probably how uh, the bodybuilding stuff is probably where I grew the quickest, very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But then the powerlifting stuff is what uh, all the powerlifting clientele is what uh, I guess um, really boosted. Um, the ranges of clients that I was coaching in quantity. You've probably uh, mentioned already on the previous post- uh, podcast you did with Khan, but how did you guys meet? How did you guys form a relationship? What's your story? <laughs> <laughs> he messaged me on Tinder. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. so um, gave me a super like. After he um, you know that's fake because it was on Grindr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> super likes. No destination required. But he, um, yeah, no, I think uh, just through Dean really, hey, Um, you come to a few of our comps to ref and stuff Um, obviously I knew who he was when I started to really get into powerlifting um, back in the PTC Gold Coast days when you're at Mm. Mermaid Beach I think it was no Runaway Bay Runaway Bay yeah Yeah, you came to the gym a bunch of times and I'm pretty sure most of the time I wasn't there no or or I gave you a code or a key and I let you train outside of hours a couple of times I I can't really remember yeah Um, and then from there I think um, just yeah uh, talking more through a little bit through like um, there's still messages. I think I sent you oh, ages ago now when we were first conversing on social media and I just asked a couple of questions about my squats and stuff, um, you know, and you always helped me out with that. And um, yeah, I guess just got to know you more. So, uh, probably, yeah, again, because of Dean. Mm. What's your story? 
Yeah, no, Dean, Dean's Dean's the connection point for sure. Dean's just a champion of everything, like champion of powerlifting, a champion of connecting people, a champion of getting people help. Like Dean is, Dean is really he he's the heart and soul of powerlifting in in Mackay, or, or he was, and now it's transitioned into zero as a whole up there. Um, so yeah, I I had known Khan, I knew of Khan for ages because Dean would always talk about you and talk about everyone up there. Um, always spoke very highly of Khan, and then Khan came and trained here a few times, and I, I met him really briefly. Met him briefly up there, um, and then well, the story is zero. Is like I I was on a, I was on a holiday or going on a bit of a trip to um, what's Meduzi Hamilton Island. Um, and uh, on the way up, stopping through through Mackay, and we had we had dinner with with Dean and Carly, and uh, Khan and Becky came along. And at dinner, he mentioned he wanted to open a gym. And of course, me being me, was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, so, so sort of left that conversation with a few ideas. Spoke to Dean about, you know, do you think he'd be interested if I float the idea of zero? Because I had toyed with a zero and Mackay. I'd spoken to Dean about it over the years, uh, about it, you know, extending the business. Because I, I feel like I coached half of Mackay for so many years. Like I had a big presence in Mackay for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think Dean might have floated it to you or said, yeah, just reach out to him or whatever. And then we started talking about that and uh, away we went. Yeah, it was, um, I remember it was like two days after we had dinner. I think we were talking on Facebook and um, I think it was within that week we ordered our first batch of equipment. It, yeah, went, it was very quick. Happened quick. Same, yeah. as, same as the story with Daniel. Like yeah. once we said yes, it was just like, yeah, hit it. Yeah, it happened. Um, yeah, it happened very quickly. But yeah, basically, you just start off as a dinner and um, uh, an idea, and off it went. And um, how's how's Zero Mackay looking right now? Like, what's uh what's the plans for Zero Mackay in the future? How's it going? How's it all going right now? Yeah, it's going good, man. Um, the gym's pumping along, which is really good. We've got uh, myself, Becca, uh, Carly, and Wick that um, operate out of there via coaching and admin and all that sort of stuff. Um, Dean obviously helps out on his days off. Um, the gym itself is going really well. Um, as far as like the future of Zero Mako, we've definitely got some ideas and stuff what we're going to do. Uh, for the immediate fe- uh, future, it's just um, continuing to refine our product, um, continuing to service our members the way that we are, um, and just um, looking at how we can improve the business as always and making sure that we're always doing the best job that we can. Um, for the back area at the moment, there's a few things that we wanted to do. Um, just with like the mirrors that are going up at the back and stuff. Otherwise, we're pretty much like the car's pretty set up now. Mm. We've got pretty much everything we need, I think. Yeah, it's an amazing gym. No, like numbers wise, Zero Mackay is the biggest zero by like double. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like members wise, and it's it's a it's a pumping gym. Mackay's actually crazy. Like the the world gym in Mackay. I I don't know if it's this is a still a relevant stat, but I know a couple of years ago it was the fourth biggest world gym members wise in the country. Yeah, yeah. wow, jeez, yeah. It's like members, oh. uh, people going to gym wise in Mackay is massive. Yeah, it's quite big. Um, well, everyone's jacked as well in Mackay. <laughs> There's nothing else. To There's do nothing, else to do. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to do. Go to coffee club, get a coffee, have a eggs Benny, and then off you go to the gym. That's <laughs> it. And then the odd festival. That's it. Literally though, everyone's jacked. Like you see videos at World's Gym, everyone's prop. Everyone seems like they take their training really seriously in Mackay. We got a. It's a. The thing is though, in Mackay as well, because it is a smaller town and these sort of things. You've got a massive population of people that compete in various sports, mm. and um, Mackay is home to a lot of like up and coming athletes, but also a lot of athletes that have gone to the Olympics in the NRL and all these sort of things too. So there's a lot of ju- good junior pathways, mm. um, and we've been able to create programs throughout Zero Mackay um, as part of like junior athlete development programs and stuff like this. So um, we get to see firsthand. Um, how talented the the future of athletes coming out of Mackay is. Mm. It's a, I always love coming into Mackay Airport. You walk down like that Hall of Fame. Mm. You, you, <laughs> there's so many people that I had no idea were from Mackay that are super famous Australian athletes. Yeah, we've got like um, we've got a lot of sprinters. Um, we've got a shop, uh, a couple of shop putters, and then we've got um, a lot of um, wheelchair basketball, like national, re- like national, international representatives. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a there's a handful of people like Daly Chair Evans and stuff like that in the NRL. Like there's um, a lot of really good rugby league players that have come out of Mackay and um, either have uh, made a, a standpoint in the NRL and uh, have been stayed in there and played a lot of games or have gone on to do really cool things in Q Cup. And that's, um, you know, we've got a few girls that have gone to the Opals. Um, now that the Women's Rugby League in Mackay is really, or Women's Rugby League in general in the NRL it's is really starting to go massive. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, three girls in our gym right now that are actually going to the Cowboys next year. 
Yeah, far um, out. And we've got five young lads that are going to the Cowboys. Actually, they'll be the Cowboys right now for preseason. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got – um, it's really cool to be able to see um, the whole gym come together. Like, you know, you've got power after strongman. Uh, then you've got the bodybuilders. And then you've got the, um, our junior athletes. And you've got the people that are playing various different sports as an adult and stuff. And um, you've got the people in there that are just looking to get a little bit more jacked and get a bit leaner. And everyone just really comes together. And, yeah, it's, a, it's really cool to see. Let's let's talk about some of your juniors. Have you seen his? Have you seen Lockie? How do you say his last name? Hornstra, Hornstra, Horseman, Horseman, Horse, Horse, yeah, Horseman, Horseman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's competed here. Freak. What's he? What's he going to put up? Freak. Oh man, he's had a really good prep. I was sending you some videos the other day. Yeah. Um. He's he's had a monster prep. Eh? I think. I think he'll squat anywhere. So he's to, for those people listening that don't know who he is. He competes in the one tens. He's just turned fifteen. Um. <laughs> He's crazy because he was fourteen at nationals, right? Fourteen at nationals, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's just turned fifteen. Um, I think he'll squat anywhere between two forty and two fifty. Uh, I think he'll, I think like absolute perfect day he'll bench one seventy, but I think he'll be around sort of one sixty five ish mark. Um, and I think he'll deadlift around that sort of two forty to two fifty mark as well. He's such a cool kid too. I got a funny story about him at uh, at nationals. They're in the warm up room. And, you know, it's nationals. Everyone's taking themselves pretty seriously. And he goes to Khan, Khan, what time's the comp going to finish? And Khan's like, well, I don't know why. And he goes, oh, I just want to go to Milky Lane and uh, watch, I, I want to watch my show. Yeah, he had an episode of Dragon Ball Z that he didn't get to finish before the comp. So he was literally like wanting to go watch this episode of Dragon Ball Z before he went to Milky Lane. I, I feel you're lucky. Yeah, he, he brings um, beef jerky to all his comps. And yeah, it's like nice. our thing now. So like before we start warming up, we like have some beef jerky. Yeah, he loves sharing it too, eh? Love, bro, he's such a good kid. And, mm. you know, he's he's one of like so many of the juniors that we get to work with that are just exceptional, yeah, on the platform and stuff, but also just as people, you know? Yeah. Like they're just, you got Matty Smith who's competing this weekend, um, you know, and he's another great kid who's coming through. You've got Tyler uh, Pitaway who's mm. competing as well, um, the, Manila, uh, the Manila Gorilla. Um, so that's one of your brethren. Yeah, yeah let's you guys, go. You probably probably know him. Um, so um, yeah, he's competing this weekend. Another really good kid. Um, and then we've also just back home. You know, we've got um, young Charlotte. Who's yeah, tell them about Charlotte. Yeah, tell, tell them weapon, about eh? the the story of how they decided she should do powerlifting. Charlotte is um, she is one of the nicest, and she's unreal at drawing. She drew me this big Super Saiyan drawing of yeah. Goku. It's unreal. Um, so the way that Charlotte started getting into powerlifting was that she was, they were at home and they were basically doing some renovations and bringing, um, fridges in, whatever. And, um, everyone walked up the flight of stairs that they needed to get into because it's a two story house. And they said, just wait there, Charlotte, a couple of people are going to come down and give you a hand to carry this. It was like a, uh, one of them half fridges, um, or like a bar fridge. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, we're going to come down and someone will give you a hand. And then they heard this clunking and they walked out and she was halfway up the stairs carrying this fridge. She's, <laughs> mind you, she's 13. Okay. So she started carrying this fridge and then because she tried a few sports and stuff and just never really found something, I guess she really loved and wanted to continue with. Her parents were like, well, we knew her, knew her sister uh, from bodybuilding and being around and stuff. And her sister was like, you need to get into powerlifting. So after they seen her do that, this was the first time I ever met Charlotte. And this is how I was introduced her with his story. She's so cool because she started at 106 kilos and she's down to 92 kilos now. You know, um, she's from an athlete perspective. She's so strong. Mm. Um, her best squat's 145. Her best bench is 55 and her best deadlift is 130. How old is she? She's 15, uh, 14 and a half. That's awesome. 14 and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a crazy one. Um, yeah, but a lot of them, man, they come through and um, they're so good to coach. A lot of them, they help out at the gym. Like they just, you just wouldn't pick them away from any other person that's been in the gym for a long time. You, um, I don't know if Thomas knows this as well, but Lockie's actually a really good athlete outside of powerlifting. Yeah, like he's quite. F you were mentioning he's fast as well. Yeah, over the forty, he's crazy. He was like number two at his school. Yeah, wow. um, yeah. Um, and he's under 110. Under he's a big boy. Yeah. Man, he's like Eddie Hall, but short. Um, tur. Um, and fast. Could you imagine fast. that? Imagine you imagine being a bully going, I'm going to pick on this big bloke. Yeah. Try run away. This bloke's mowing you down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he went and did the, I think it's the, um, the Commonwealth of the Olympics that are coming to Australia in like 2030 or something. Yeah. Um, he went and did the trials for that and made the team for shot put and discus. Far out. Uh, for the junior junior team for that. But um you need to get him into gridiron. 
oh man, he's a beast. He could, he's one of those kids that could do whatever he wants. But yeah. you, you just walk into somewhere and they're like, oh, we're swimming, and he's like, oh sweet, I'm at the Olympics next week. <laughs> um, I like, I like how serious he takes his training too. How he's got everything printed out, and well, you see, he only takes bench press serious, eh? Yeah, so he'll like <laughs> every week he sends me his videos and it's bench, and then yep. I have to, hey man, where's your squats and deads? Oh sweet, I'll send it now. <laughs> don't introduce him to Coops. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, My biggest no. fear is that Dean gets in his ear too much and he becomes a bench only athlete. Yeah, don't let him in the gym at the same time as Dean. Nah. <laughs> Dean's already can Dean was into him about doing the push pull. Um to Dean loves a push pull, doesn't he? He loves a push pull. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't want lift. Um but he was into the in, into the push pull and I said to Lockie, I'm like, Oh no, the push pull is what people that used to be good at powerlifting do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I say I say that never done a push pull either. So the day I do a push pull, you'll know I'm done. I'm out, clocking out, boys. But no, yeah. So it's um yeah, man. We just got a, a lot of those um you know juniors coming through. We got a lot of older heads in there that have been in powerlifting for a long time as well. Um so yeah, it's a quite a diverse range, and I think because of that, we've uh, been able been able to have the success that we have with um the community that we have in, in Zero Makaha. But again, that's seen throughout all the zeros as well. So mm. yeah, it's a it's definitely a, a culture thing that's bred through the brand. All right, let's um let's talk about Khan Stevenson, the powerlifter. Uh, you hmm. used to compete in PA. You've com- you've gone to Worlds a few times. Worlds? No, I did like the um, nationals, the, yeah, that, yeah, the Commonwealth and stuff. Yeah, the nationals yeah. Um, through them in my like as as a junior. Um, but then when I went to my opens, I uh, transitioned over to GPC. How many comps did you do in PA? Uh, four. Yeah, four. Or f- uh, five. I think I did five comps in PA. And is it true that you still want to compete in PA? Yeah, I'm actually going next week. So, <laughs> um, so if you guys can just make sure you just hold off on the slack, that'd be good. Why, um, why did you go to GPC? Was it just because in Mackay that was pretty much the only option? Yeah, there was a couple of reasons why. Um, uh, one of the reasons, uh, the biggest reason was because of that, because I really wanted to compete with the people that I was training with. The other thing was obviously with um, some of the politi- uh, politics that come with um, training out of a, a GPC gym, if you can call a gym any federation, you know, yeah, um, or put, stick a label on a gym because people train or they compete in that federation, um, and then going ahead and competing with PA, um, it just meant that I couldn't spot and load at comps. Well, like, look, you can do what you want, um, but it made it very difficult. Um, and then what makes you nervous about it? It gives you anxiety. Like, if I do this, am I going to get banned? Which isn't actually a rule, but they make up their own rules, kind of thing. Yeah, it makes it hard to be part of the community that's you know um, not exclusive for sure. And that's the thing, man. Like the with that stuff, um, there was a, there was an incident that happened basically where there was photos of me um, spotting and loading sent to to people that were some sort of authority in um, PA. And then I got a bit of flack for that, and I was like, I'm fucking out. Like um, I really enjoy this thing, and it was getting to a point where I wasn't enjoying the thing, but that, that thing that I was I was really looking yeah. forward to doing and training because of um, people that were involved and I just made a decision. I'm like, why Why am I... But it doesn't matter what federation I compete with. All that matters is that I just continue to do the thing I'm doing and just get better at it. Um, so I made a choice of uh, going from PA to GPC um, purely based off I wanted to compete and I wanted to... With the people that I was training with and, you know, my buddies and stuff, but also um, because I wanted to help at the competitions without having to feel like I did something wrong. Mm. Um, that was the big one. I wanted to learn how to ref. I wanted to learn how to, you know, I wanted to be part of like the warm-up room and spotting and loading. I wanted to be able to help the community that was helping me back so much. Mm. And I felt I felt like if I did that, I was just going to be guilt-tripped and um, I'm not going to, and I didn't want to be held at ransom for that either. Yeah. I've actually never asked you that question, Thomas. What, because you've done a few PA comps. Yeah. What was that like for you back then? Was the landscape of powerlifting different? Very different. Yeah, yeah so v- very different. And I wasn't in, I wasn't involved in powerlifting very much, you know. So like I just competed with all I knew that existed. And I didn't make a conscious choice of oh I'm going to switch federations. Like I didn't have to sit there and think about it. I didn't have anything bad like like what can't experience until much later in in my powerlifting life. Um and so for me it was just like I did a PA comp then I broke that stupid Guinness World Record. I got back into BMX and then when I wanted to compete in powerlifting again um, I was on forums and there was a novice comp happening at uh, at PTC Brisbane. I'm just like, oh, I'll just go and do that. And then I like really enjoyed my time there much more than I enjoyed uh, being part of uh, PA comps. And then Scott 
started GPC the following year and I was just like, I like this guy, I like his comps, I'm just going to do that. Like it wasn't like a, oh, I have to make this big decision. Nothing like that. That's um, that's quite similar to what I did in my first comp. I competed at APU, my first comp. It was cool. I was really pumped. I didn't know anything else because when I got into powerlifting, uh, before I met you, it was just all Instagram. So yep. all I saw was, you know, the USAPL guy. So I thought the IPF was this big magical thing that, you know, I thought that was the gold standard of powerlifting. I signed up for my first comp uh, and there was eight people there. I've said this story before in the podcast and it was just a really down in the dumps kind of competition. Mm. And it was quite uh not like for me it was the more fun the fun part was training with all my friends um that's why i made the swap i swapped to gpc because you know you're prepping with all your friends you're all training at the same time you do all the same comp together so it was cool yeah so quite similar to you kind of but i don't i don't have any like guilt trip mm. things like that i had a little run-in with uh sean muir but that's <laughs> nothing bad <laughs> that's weird <laughs> yeah um yeah but um <laughs> that, yeah I, that's it man like you know um yeah, like I think um, from there, I just yeah just transitioned from PA to GPC, and um, I've been competing within. Um, well, I've been competing in powerlifting since, and um, you know, really enjoyed and just uh, continuing to try to get better. And what are your best numbers? You went from one forty, one forty seven, two twenty. Now, what are your best? Um, my best, like uh, my best training numbers, are three fifty on my squat, uh, two fifteen on my bench, and three thirty five on my deadlift. Nice, nice. yes, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Last comp was was Pro Raw. Yeah, Pro Raw in March down in Melbourne. That was awesome. Um, it was my first Pro Raw. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think I've I've never for the last few years I haven't been nervous for competing. I've uh, been pretty pretty blase about it if that makes sense. Like walking in, like yeah, cool, I'm gonna have some fun and stuff. I don't know what it was, but as soon as I got to Pro Raw, um, I was fine. And then as soon as I started squatting, um, like under the bar, um, it just I just got this like fluctuation of um really of excitement and uh crushing anxiety so <laughs> that was, it's a good blend um so um next cafe 65 but then uh yeah so yeah that was my first pro raw um you know taking away some things from that to make sure and i think it's more so experience is the the lesson there and that's gonna um hopefully lead into next year mm-hmm. i want to i want to also talk about like what what you and becca do and have created on the bodybuilding side of things because you know it's something that's a little bit more unique to zero makai we've done some bodybuilding i've had a few clients get on stage over the years but very few and i certainly don't look for it you know i don't want it it's not my area of expertise whereas you guys now have as of a couple of weeks ago over 10 pros yeah uh, that that you've turned into pros correct yeah yeah so like you you guys you guys know what you're doing up there. And I think it's really important that people know that zero is more than just powerlifting and that we've got that expertise on our team. Um, but what, cause you didn't do bodybuilding yourself, right? So how did, how did you end up falling into that and get so good at it? Um, it actually happened because of a guy coming into mass nutrition named Clint Curry. He was my first ever person to help get on stage. Um, he came in and he was about four weeks out from a competition that he was doing in Mackay's when Mackay had um, bodybuilding comps, mm-hmm. um, A and B. And um, basically, so there was some bre- some breakdown with his coach, and um, he just ne- he needed some help. Uh, he was basically just didn't know what he was doing for the next four weeks, or I'm not too sure what happened there. But um, essentially, I took him on for the last four weeks. I coached him into that show, um, and we did quite. He did quite well. It was his first time getting on stage, but then I had him for a full year after that. And the full year after that, I kind of just like dived into the deep end of um, really like learning how to like prog- like program and hy- the hypertrophy and then learning about um, different energy systems and how then I could bring that into bodybuilding because the way that I, the way that I started coaching bodybuilding to now is obviously different. Um, but I was always very big on what was not probably popular at the time. The popular thing with uh, bodybuilding at the time was um, – you got to be like lots of high reps, lots of lots of sets, lots of reps all year round, and that that's what was popular. This is you know seven years, six years ago, mm. um, but now it's obviously a lot different. But I was always um, something that I was decent at, at the time was teaching people how to squat bench and deadlift. So um, I wanted to always integrate that into my training and um, go through like periodizations of you know hypertrophy into strength blocks and into this sort of stuff. And um, I spent a full year with him and then we went from like placing at shows to then he was winning shows. Mm. And then from there, um, I started picking up clients through that. And then um, I met Beck 
um, through the store actually I was working at the time, um, part time, and um, from there uh, started coaching her. Uh, but we were dating before that, and then started coaching her. She won a pro card, um, and then after she won a pro card, I kind of had a bit of a breakout year where in 2017 into 2018. Um, I was probably taken a little bit more seriously within the sport, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden I went from having no online clients in bodybuilding to like 20 um, pretty quickly. And um, then a lot of face-to-face and stuff like that. And then just being able to work with people for longer periods of time opposed to just to prep and things like this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there we had the next season we had three people go pro. Um, and then... Uh, and we've had over those, I think we've got maybe 11 or 12 pros now that we've coached from. And this is not just like, as Thomas said before, um, there were pros already, but these are people that have never competed before to turning them pro. So the pros that we have coached, um, or two pro, are people that we've that have never competed before before they've come to us. Mm-hmm. So these are things that um, using the zero systems now and then also using the, um, the I guess like the heavier end of what, bodybuilding preps need with as far as like nutrition and stuff goes um and the actual exertion of energy through you know cardio and things like this um we've been able to create some um you know some pretty fantastic uh physiques and um have pros across nba um a and b miss fitness and icn so um some yeah some pretty cool pretty cool cuts there it's huge how does um online coaching for you uh differ for powerlifting and bodybuilding what are what are some key things that are you notice in the athletes um what are the main differences well i think the main differences is like the it's only the sport really because like as far as check-ins and stuff goes like you're still going to be giving guidance and you know reviews on technique and stuff like this especially if you're if someone's going through a phase where you're trying to bring up a a certain component of their physique um you're going to be using every sort of uh, every metric you can to be able to do that so not just in the within the programming but also like hey send me a video of your lap pull downs in your rows the same thing you would see with someone's shoulders you're trying to fix in a bench or something like this you know away from just cueing the main lift mm-hmm. um things that you're going to be tracking probably uh we'll pay, taking a little bit more emphasis on when it comes to bodybuilding opposed to powerlifting is um having much more sort of body composition focus opposed to strength you know so like you don't need to be strong to be a bodybuilder you know, it's definitely going to help in components of bringing, like, in, in as far as bringing your physique up in certain areas and creating, um, you know, some type of density in, in these sort of things. But it's going to be more so relative to using those markers that you're trying to use to stay within uh, for body composition. So, you know, like one of the markers that we like to use for body fat with our males is um, 15% in their off season to 17%. We don't want to be too much over that or too much under that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, for women, it's, um, roughly around the same as well, depending what they compete in with like, you know, figure, uh, fitness or bikini, obviously we figure, uh, when Emmy Pianda competed, she was at like 5.2%. Um, she's she, unreal. She was shredded. She was yeah. Shredded. Yeah. She was shredded. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. She was, um, she's a freak. Um, but then, you know, for a lot of bikini girls, they only need to be just under 10. Like, and most of the time, it's a very blanket statement, obviously, but most of the time, they only need to be under, I mean, uh, 10%, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's um, markers like that that you use. But as far as like the actual online coaching and stuff goes, man, to answer that, um, not a whole lot different because the, the check ins that you're going to be doing with powerlifting or whatever it may be is still going to be using the same things to try and track, um, to improve the athlete. You know, it's not going to be, um, any, any much more different than that. You weren't here, Thomas, but MP and Pianata? I don't know how to call it, MEP. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Big dog P. <laughs> she came in for a wee tune-up session uh, before a comp a yeah. couple weeks ago. Uh, you were in America. And me and Bridget just couldn't stop staring at her. Eh? She, just fuck, she was jacked to the gills. Eh? She looked unreal. She was just 3D. I saw her posing at, at Southside. I saw those photos pop up mm. and I was like, what? I've never seen a person in real life that jacked. Like a, yeah. a female. Like legit, that shredded. Mm. Yeah, she went. She went pro this year. I've uh, been working with her for three and a half years now. Yeah, um, she went pro this year, and what a season for her, man! She went the uh, first season going pro. She won her first ever pro show, and she pl- uh, came second at the Miss Fitness Pro Show against um, a, a huge, like it was like seven or eight competitors in her figure pro lineup, mm-hmm. um, and very very good quality. So. Um, she had an absolute breakout uh, um, and, you know, a, a very good and a very successful season. Mm. So you, you were mentioning before, like when we, when we were doing the gratitudes, 
that you are able to go to the States, yourself, Becca, and one competitor? Yep, Cara. Cara. Um, and uh, what was that experience like for you guys? That was pretty cool. Um, I think I think Australia, as far as um, running competitions go, with what I've seen with powerlifting and bodybuilding, is still ahead of the game. Um, I think America does a really, really good job. Um, I think they do the best job if they're massive, massive competitions. Um, but then being able to, like when the girls competed, for instance, that comp was, it was outstanding. It was awesome um, as far as like the setup and stuff goes. Um, but I would still say Australia, from an average standpoint, has uh, um, has facilitated better competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the girls did really well. Um, both of them got first in the overalls um, for the given um, given classes. So that was really exciting that we were able to come home with that. And actually, Team Australia got uh, first for fitness, figure, and bikini. I remember so, I remember you saying that Becca won and she was upset that she won. She beat everyone because she's like, yeah, but I wanted to beat better pe- people. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's Be- the kind of athlete she is. Man, Becca is Becca's a finisher. So with her, she only wants like, – anything she does – uh, it always gets finished. Like it's it's um, unlike <coughs> me, uh, but um, she she is a hunter for competition. Hey, she wants to be going up against the absolute best. And um, unfortunately, at Worlds this year, I think she felt a little bit underwhelmed with that because the Worlds that she did two years ago um, was fucking tough. That and she she came fifth of that uh, at. A, probably the toughest world's lineup for natural bodybuilding um, in a long time. She mm-hmm. And that's the, that's from all federations too. That's not just like for ICN or something. That's a, you know, a pros from all federations came to that show. Mm-hmm. Um, this time they did as well. Um, she just, she was a little bit disappointed, I think, because she she was like undeniable. She was the best I've ever seen her. Um, but Becca being the athlete she is, she knew that there was competitors that weren't able to make the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she was, was just after things started opening up yeah um where you know i think um you know in 20 2024 2025 is when i think she's looking at um competing again so no doubt we'll go back over and she'll be able to um settle her restlessness from um competing with the comp that she wants to compete at Mm. what's it been like transitioning from coach slash online coach into gym owner life Ask me off here. No, um, no, it's um, it's good, man. I think the the biggest one is the the biggest learning that I've had is is well, there's two learnings that I've had. Um, one is I no longer am the only person that w- that is the the driver of the ship. You know, like it's gone from being going from a sole trader into a company. You know, um, where the decisions that we make as a group um, impact the business, opposed to being the person. It's just like making those decisions on the fly and these sort of things. Mm. So that's been that's been one is probably the communication with that. And then the second part to that is um, learning how to manage a team. So learning how to, what people are good at, what people aren't so good at, and then being able to put that into a system or into a team environment where we can make sure we still get the job done to the quality and standard that we know and what we're known for as well. Mm-hmm. So knowing people are good at certain tasks and putting them to a position as um, a manager and stuff is really important. And when you're looking back on things that uh, could have been done better and stuff, most of the time it's because you could have delegated better um, or um, needed more time Um or maybe you needed to set a time standard, like so these sort of th- uh, sorry, um, a time stamp. So when it comes to these sort of things, I think the biggest one with that sort of stuff is not only your your own coaching and stuff, but you've also got um, a whole team of people you're responsible for now too. And being responsible for that means that you're also sometimes you're an authority, sometimes you're just a shoulder to talk to, um, or to lean on to talk to. Um, at times you're the guy that's making the jokes to pick the morale up or um, sometimes you're you're just doing whatever job needs to be done. Sometimes you're changing toilet rolls. Sometimes you're mopping gym floors. I don't do that, but sometimes you might be. <laughs> um, but you're basically you're doing everything you can for the team's success, but you're also filling the void in where you can as well. Mm. The trick is is to get the vacuum out and then get your staff to take a photo and then post that photo <laughs> and then give them the vacuum back. And be like, yeah. <laughs> Never above <laughs> leaving from the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Every time I'm away or something, Thomas will send me a photo or a video of him doing something like that. Taking, it, taking out the bins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the trenches. Yeah, in the trenches. My back sore. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's it, man. Like, uh, that's probably been the biggest difference. And um, 
probably just making sure you're always available as well. Have you gotten used to walking in the gym or does it still feel new every day? Fuck, man. There's some mornings I walk in and um, it's routine. I walk in, I don't have my shoes on. I put my shoes on when I get into the gym. usually go make myself coffee. As I'm doing that, I'm unloading the storage container at the back, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. I know. I think, no, you missed what Thomas meant. Walking, yeah, but uh, what I'm getting to is that. Yeah, no matter, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. You. No Wait, matter what, what is unloading the story? You mean doing a poo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and the wombats rustle. Um, but um, we don't, I don't understand country slang. This <laughs> guy. Um, but even with that routine and every single day, when I see that zero sign at the front, when I walk into the gym, and even looking at the zero sign behind the the mono, it's it's always a feeling of like we're here, like we did it. But did we? Like, why Why is it always the same feeling of feeling like it's new and it's brand new? Um, and it's always so exciting. Like, things are always changing. Things are always going. And no matter what uh, sort of day you're having or no matter the stresses you may be under at the time, like, it's it's a consist, it's a constant in your life that's uh, forever evolving and um, forever remaining a big part of who we are now. For sure. How do you feel, Thomas? Do you still feel like that? For sure. Yeah? Yeah, it doesn't change. Even when the gym, like, oh, we turn 10 next week. Um, even when the gym had like eight floor mats total, I'd look at, at a mobility area, which was just four mats on the concrete with like three rollers on it. Fuck yeah. And we had homemade dip bars above it. And I'd look at that. Man, that was fucking unreal. <laughs> that was so nice. Had all the kettlebells on the floor there as well. This is just crazy. Um, yeah, it doesn't change. Cause we always sometimes think we're like, Oh, why does Thomas always come here? He's got three gyms to choose from, but this is probably, it's, it's your baby. Yeah. yeah, but I feel the same in the other gyms as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no better feeling every morning driving up, whatever, you know, obviously I get here 7, 8 a.m. When I drive up and <laughs> Bridget and James are on the floor coaching and just seeing them do their thing and seeing the members chatting, it's it's awesome. I think it's it's not the gym though. It's the representation of what's been created, right? Like it's you're able to walk into this physical thing that so many other people away from yourself call their third home. Like you're able to walk into a place that people see as safe, they see as a place to grow, and they actually like enjoy coming to not just to train but to be around people that are like-minded. Um, I think that for you know thinking about it for me is what excites me every day, knowing that's there could be someone coming in here right now that's facing a battle or whatever it may be, and they still are here every single day, um, and they've made this a priority to happen, um, and also a representation of of the hard work um, people have put in from the MPL day, like this is talking about to McCoy, the MPL days to when we were against the grain and to all those people and members of that community that have, what they've done for this place to happen and knowing that it's not just how much it means to you, but to everyone else as well. Mm. One thing that I, um, that I like get a wee kick out of is cause you know, when Thomas first started zero or, um, you know, Thomas, everyone, he was the face of the business. So everyone knew zero because of Thomas. Um, one thing that I like Thomas is when you'll come in, you'll go, who's that guy? Mm. You know what I mean? And these guys have like immersed themselves in the zero culture and, you know, Thomas still doesn't even know who they are. And I get a little, like, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like I, the amount of times that I have to ask, is that person a member or do we need to chase them up? Mm. I, I love it. It's so awesome. And I mean, like, it's, I, I guess I'll talk about this more on the American uh, episode with Daniel, but we went to a gym that the culture was super disappointing at. And it made us both walk away from that gym and go, like this is a, the the perfect picture of what we never want zero to be and we would need to make sure that zero stays what it is or we need to get better at forging community and culture because we never want it to go in this direction um and like it's it's something that khan has done so beautifully up there and the team you know khan dean carly becker uh, and wick of course have done so beautifully up there jamie and lisa do it beautifully in brisbane and stenzel too and then the guys at Southside, you guys here is like the culture comes from the top down. So I can't create the culture anymore because I'm not on the floor at every gym. It's you guys that are on the floor every day that create the culture. And it's a continuation of what was already there, but you guys live and breathe the culture. So it, it just exudes through it. And I think it is something that is so unique to Zero. I'm sure your people who have come down here and trained at the gyms here, anyone from here that's gone up there, you feel like you're at Zero. And that's, that's weird. Like I think of a world gym. If you go to World Gym Ashmore every day and then you go up to Mackay and you go, it'll feel like a different gym. Same name, same color scheme, same year or whatever. It's a different gym. Whereas you can go to another zero and it feels like the same gym because of the people there. 
Well, it's like, you know, when people come here from, um, when people come here from Mackay, they already know who me or Bridget are or whatever kind of thing. So, you know, you know, you say hi, he's like, oh yeah, no, you're on Instagram. It's like, make yourself at home. Yeah. And then, you know, we've all got the same kind of equipment, but it's, uh, yeah, it's cool how it's like a, you know, it's even though there's multiple gyms, like, you know, you've got multiple world's gyms, snap fitnesses, but they're all fucking different. Mm. Um, and that's, that's their business model, uh, to an extent, but it's cool how, yeah, like we're all one kind of thing. That's you, my favorite thing. I think is mm. being able to come to the, like the zeros down here and stuff and, um, being at like, you know, you follow each other and stuff and you get down here and then. You know, you, you walk into a south, south side, north side here, wherever it may be. Well, for me, uh, from Mackay, and I know th- I know a lot of the members already because I've seen them posted on, you know, reshared on Zero, or I've been able to like walk into the gym before and seen them, or we follow each other on social media, or maybe we've like liked a post or something, and you just get to know um, those lifters. And so when you get there, you don't even really need to introduce yourself. It's kind of mm. just like, hey, how you been? How's your training? You know, mm. so cool. All right. Does anyone have any final questions for for Khan before we ask the the other questions? <laughs> no. That's what I thought, TJ. <laughs> so if if no one's picked up on it, there's some imaginary beef between CJ and, and Khan, and I'm pretty sure we're going to film a fight later <laughs> it's, it's on. It's just so. from Khan's side, I promise. <laughs> no, well, he was hitting the bag one day mm. on his social media. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged him and I said, the bag doesn't hit back, brother. <laughs> and I said, make sure you bring your mitts from down there. He's been, then he's been dogging me. He's been ghosting me everywhere. <laughs> ghosting you? Oh, I mean, that's just him ghosting Zero in general. Yeah. <laughs> he's a UFC guy now. Yeah. yeah. Only trains at gyms that have rings in the middle of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of these guys that's like, I got to be the strongest person in the gym. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the only time I feel Did a body strong. Class. Empowered. Empowered, yeah. yeah. He brings his cameras. I'll film you, idiots, for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go back to my safe yeah, haven. This is a fucking a waste safe, of my time. Safe haven. Yeah. God. <laughs> I put my, I I put my nine inch ounce gloves on my film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love going to a commercial gym every now and again. Mm. Like, uh, it's it, it's cool training away and going to commercial gyms and just seeing the memes. <laughs> See, yeah, seeing the memes, but also like just. I just like observing. I like observing gym culture because we've got such a unique gym culture that I forget what it's like to not be in a zero. Mm. It's kind of a good reminder. Yeah, mm. I've had my uh, I've had, I've had my hi- hiatus from uh, training here. Uh, I'm back now. Yeah, we know. <laughs> like like I had a yeah. We noticed uh, exactly. We, we know. We know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, all right, sweet. The commercial gym was fun. I just needed to, you know, a bit of a fresh air. Um, I still go there for swimming and some like running sessions and that. But mm. I was like. Mm, I can't train here anymore. I, d- I, I, I get inspiration from them because, you know, my goal with Zero is to commercialize strength training. And commercial gyms work for, for particular reasons. Like there's a science be- behind why they're laid out, how they're laid out, with certain things they do there. And we forget about this in small gyms because we get used to just doing what we do. Mm. So I get some inspiration. Anyway, what are the questions we're going to ask? Khan, you can uh, invite three people to dinner. Who are they, dead or alive? Sam Burgess, really? Yeah, oh, favorite the, rugby player. The footy player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big fan. Sam, um, one of the toughest blokes on the planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he plays um, five back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he plays no, five guys. Oh, sorry, half, <laughs> half eight. Five half guys. eight. Yeah, yeah. Eight. <laughs> just rule my hero. Um, uh, Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, nah, just uh, I forget his first name, but he's the guy that created. Infinite it's my Energy. answer, but it's Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> Nicola. Oh um, no, him because I wanted to know if they actually killed him or not, or if he just died by natural causes. Um, <laughs> and when I say they, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to say him. Or Spotify deleters. Um, <laughs> I don't know how big you think we are, Khan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're not going to delete us. I was on Rogan. <laughs> um, and then the third one. Um, probably my favorite chess player of all time, and that would be Sir Magnus. Ooh, okay. The goat. Why do you guys know so much about chess? Yeah, you nerds. Is this the guy that retired recently? No, no, no. He's he's still pretty active, but he's he yeah. was like through from 2016 ish to like very recently. He was the most dominant chess player in the world. Serious question. 
Why do you need to retire from chess? <laughs> Got carpal tunnel. Did, didn't some real didn't didn't some real famous chess player retire recently? There's been a couple that have retired recently. Well, sure. So that's it. They're not going to pick up. They're not going to have a few pick. Do you call them pickup like, games like in basketball? Yeah, checkers. Yeah, checkers. <laughs> the poor man's chess. So, what makes someone a grandmaster? Is that winning a particular comp, or is that like the equivalent of just saying a pro? No. So there's like. Um, like meets, if that makes sense. So there's like competitions that people go to, and to the, I forget what it is, but from uh, I think it's the level below grandmaster. I don't know if it's master, or it's called something else. But to get to a grandmaster, you have to get. It's not as simple as like going to a meet and then all of a sudden you become a grandmaster because you got on the last, you got on the first table. Yeah. Um. The, you have to actually get. Uh, I think it's you have to apply and get signed off to be one. So it, um, they look at like your track history, they look at all that sort of stuff, and then you get signed off to be a grandmaster. But um, there's only specific places you can get that done. So I think Europe's one, and places in Europe is one of them. Um, but it's like it's massive over there. Like um, if you watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix, it actually goes into a lot of the ways that you become a grandmaster chess player. So that's the only like chess cultural thing I know is I've seen that. Yeah, so if you, if I you, love that show. Oh, it's unreal. If you go, if you actually like, the, a lot of that is actually true, and as to how it happens, mm. um, you know, players are getting pla- paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars um, to play chess and to win. Mm. Crazy! It's such a hard process. You got to win so many games, and you yeah. got to be so active. I, I'm I'm mind blown by why you okay. all are so chess the, experts. The only reason why I'm a chess expert. Oh, I'm oh, not expert. actually not a chess expert. Oh, okay. oh, wow. I'm very okay. terrible at the game. Grandmaster over here. <laughs> barely barely play checkers. Um, you know Daniel Lapitan? Oh, is he really he's good? He's a protege. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. and he's like ranked. So if you Google his name, it comes up. He's actually a ranked yeah. chess player. So he wow. teaches chess full time. Oh, wow. I want to verse him. He'll smash me. <laughs> yeah. That's so, uh, th- so he was who I picked up. Because all I know commercially is Magnus. Because yeah. he's just as a kid was smashing, you know, top dogs. Yeah, wow. Mm. That's cool. Was, um, why Sam Burgess? Just like, just, um, I was, on a, I was listening to a podcast that he'd done recently about um, his mentality around like competition and stuff like this. And um, one of the things he talks about is like the rugby union. Um, I think it's the English rugby union team. So like they just basically sacked all their coaching staff uh, quite recently for their, um, World Cup campaign and have brought in like a whole oh not re- quite recently sorry over the last like five years and they've just brought in like a whole fresh coaching staff and he talks he talked about like it wasn't the coach's fault as to why they were they didn't because England's a very dominant like rugby union nation um, as to why like they weren't they weren't winning it was the players and the culture they had within the players community like the coaches were doing the best they could and yes the culture and the leadership is you know does come from uh, the coaches down, but if you don't have a group of individuals that want to come together as a team, it's never going to be successful. Mm. Um, so he talks about that sort of stuff, but he also talks about um, the leadership of what he did and what he had at the Rabbits. And he talks about a story with like him and Ben um, Ben Tia like going like almost mm. fisticuffs um, because Ben Tia wanted to go out after they beat, I think it was the Gold Coast Titans. They beat the Gold Coast Titans, gave him a pretty good hiding. This is the year that the Rabbits won the grand final. Um, when Sam Burgess and the Burgess boys, I think all three of them played played in that game. Yeah. Um, so they won that GF that year and they were like getting ready for the finals and Ben Tia and a lot of the lads wanted to go out. And the coach was like, what do you want to do, guys? Do you want to go out or not? Blah, blah, blah. And Sam Burgess stood up and said, no one's going out. We're all staying in. We'd have got finals footy to play. No one is going out tonight. I'm not saying you can't have a beer, but no one's going out. We don't need the press. We don't need any of this sort of stuff. We don't need anyone getting in trouble. And the reason why I would want to have dinner with him is because of that leadership to see like how he got there. Like, was he naturally born with her? Like, is it something he's developed? Hear a little bit about his story, you know, and what it was like to be in a moment of a grand final with like a broken cheekbone. Yeah. You know, and all these sort of, he played mostly going broken cheekbone. He's, mm. it, was, it was the first tackle that he broke his cheekbone. Yeah. He's literally right. one of the fiercest competitors in rugby league, like history. Yeah. He's a fucking, I've got a, um, one of my favorite moments of him. It was uh Sonny Bill's return to the NRL. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's Sonny Bill Williams, uh, who who might be able to get on the podcast, by the way. I'm going to do a session here with him on the 19th. Nice. Ooh. That's pretty cool, eh? Huge. Yeah. Don't um, know. Pretty good. Let's yeah. Don't know who it is. <laughs> is like, that the guy on the pool trucks? On the pool trucks? There's like a pool company and they've got some famous... Nah, Sonny, Sonny Bill's like arguably the most nah. famous rugby league and rugby union player ever. But he's who, boxed. He's who done am I thinking of? I don't know. 
pull trucks. No, but hopefully, I'm going to look up. What, keep talking. I want to look up what this guy looks like. Yeah, so hopefully get uh, him and Bodine Thompson. Oh wow! Yeah, in for a session, which yeah. would be cool. CJ's going to film it, so it's going to be fun. Um, <coughs> what was I saying before I just flexed? Sam Burgess being fierce. Yeah. <laughs> Did he do boxing as well? Yeah, he's yes. current boxer now. Really good boxer too. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Sam Burgess. Sonny Bill's returned to the NRL. He was known as a big hitter. You know, could put on the biggest shots he was since a 17-year-old. Yeah. And Sam Burgess, first player of the ball, just sprints straight at Sonny Bill Williams. And it was fucking epic. Because, you know, it's, it's known. You don't run at Sonny Bill. And yeah. Sam Burgess, off the kickoff, just gets it. He just picks him out and just goes, runs straight at his line. Yeah, man. He's just got the biggest nuts. Yeah, he's... But you talk to her, like, or you listen to a lot of the podcasts. He's and so smart. Yeah, a lot of the the Barstool podcasts, like mm. all those guys, the they do um, features with like ex NRL players, like and say who was the hardest competitor, and like you never hear Sam Burgess's name as like he ran the hardest or he tackled the hardest, but when they say like who was the biggest and who was the worst person to play against, a lot of them play, say Sam Burgess mm. because it didn't matter how tired he was, it didn't matter like how good your team was or who you had on your team. He was hitting you from dusk till dawn, shoulder to shoulder, ear to ear, field to field. He just did not give a shit. Um, He was out there to make your life shit for that 80 minutes. That's um, I don't know if you know this, but we've had a couple NRL boys on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. And they've I, I listen s- to the podcast a lot. <laughs> and they've uh, <laughs> they've all said who they think the toughest player is that they've ever played with, and they both said Benny Hunt. Yeah, yeah, they've, I've heard he's a, a absolute menace as well. Mm. Um, next question. I don't have one, Thomas. What do you got? <laughs> no, this is about it. We need to uh, we need to start getting ready. Yeah, cool. sweet. We're gonna set up this comp. We're on the hour. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for having me, boys. Check it's out Khan Stevenson. Check out Zero Mackay. They're doing God's work up there. Mm. Yes. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, my God's boys. God's plan, Thank baby. Thank you very much, my friend. All right, we're out. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, Zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.